Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Turn on the Jets Live. I'm your host, Steven Zantz, joined by my co-host, Stephen Russo. You know, Jets season's back. You're feeling great. You know, on Sunday afternoon, I was at the game. Of course, we feel that same darkness at 4.30 that you always feel on a, on a Sunday. Steven, they broke you. How you doing? I'm okay. I've had a, uh, a couple of days to cool down, but uh, yeah, I'm all right. I, you know, they broke me and, and it's not like I'm out on the Jets. It's not like I'm going to stop watching them or I'm boycotting the team or, or Sundays at one. I'm doing other things and going apple picking. That's not what it is. <laughs> I'm just done with the blind optimism and faith that I've consistently shown really through my life, but specifically over the last couple of years, uh, you know, that we've done this show. And then really since what, 2010, where there's really no basis for feeling that way. And that's, it's, it's frustrating. It's an extremely frustrating feeling. I mean, from a fan's perspective, which, you know, Steven, that's all that we are, right. We're just, we're fans. We just are lucky enough to have this platform, be able to talk about it and kind of get some, some therapy on a weekly basis here, but I'm tired of convincing myself over the course of seven months that I don't have Jets football, that it's going to be any different once September rolls around. And I'm tired of being off season champions and looking and saying, you know, the Jets are better on paper and, you know, Joe Douglas had another great draft and he made these great trades and all this good stuff happened because in the end, it really doesn't produce any different results than what we've grown to be accustomed to. And I'm just tired of it. And I don't think I've said it multiple times in the show. I don't think that any Jets fan was like unreasonable. I know I came out last week and again, my blind optimism, you know, came through and I picked the Jets to win 27, 24. Did I really think it, Yeah, you know, maybe I convinced myself into it, but really I, just like many other Jets fans, would have been extremely happy if they were just competent and showed that they belonged in the same field with the Ravens and produced a competitive game plan and had a competitive outcome where if they lost by a score, so be it. I would have been happy with that. I think 99% of Jets fans would have been happy with that as well because at least progress was being shown. The Ravens are a great team. They got a former MVP as their quarterback. They're obviously well coached through and through. There's no question about that. But to show up, on your home field, flat and non-competitive yet again, it just makes me question everything. And I, it just, I, I, I'm just done believing that it's going to be any different until I actually see it start to turn. And honestly, there's no reason to believe it's going to turn until we see it. You can point to the Packers and Aaron Rodgers getting blown out last year in week one and now this year losing, but the Jets don't have Aaron Rodgers. You could point to Jets teams of the past, like 98 starting, you know, 0 and 2, or, um, you know, 2001, they started 0 and 1. 2010, they started 0 and 1. They turned it around and made the playoffs. You know what? There's no evidence to suggest that Bill Parcells is going to walk through that door or that Rex Ryan and Mark Sanchez and that number one defense are or anything like that. There's literally no evidence. You have no leg to stand on to think that that is going to happen here. And I'm just done believing that it is just because it should. And the football God should turn it around. And at some point it should be our turn because really there is no evidence to suggest that. So I'm still, a am a believer. I, I can't not be, it's in my blood. Um, but I just, I'm, I'm broken, man. I, they, they've, they've broken me. I, I sat there watching. I rushed home from a baseball game with my son to watch you know, the end of the second quarter and through the second half. And I'm like, why the hell do I do it? Why do I look forward to this? My Steven, you and I were talking before the show. My wife goes, great. Jets ruined my fall again. And that's, that's what it feels like. And, and honestly, man, it reminds me, I don't, and this is very long winded, obviously, but I don't know if you've ever seen the movie fever pitch with yeah, Jimmy, of course, Fallon, of course. right. And he's sitting there and he's talking about his problems and he's talking with the eighth grader as they're, as they're out practicing baseball. And the eighth grader like looks back at him and he goes, listen, He's like, you love the Sox, but have they ever loved you back? And that's how I feel, man. I love the Jets, but they've never loved me back. There's no evidence to think that this is ever going to turn. And it just, it, it really just got to me. It's, it's, it's been 
a hell of a 12 years. I'm just, I'm, I'm broken. I don't know what else to say. I have hope that it could turn, but there is no valid reason for me to think that it will. Well said. I, I don't want to like, you know, just beat a dead horse because I feel like you, you basically said everything that I feel. The only difference is, is that you were a lot more optimistic than I was, going, you know, two weeks ago. I was optimistic in July and like right when camp opened, because like, why wouldn't you be? Nothing's happened yet. And, you know, like Zach Wilson, is he going to make the jump? So much has changed since then, you know, injuries to two major guys in Zach and Becton. Obviously, um, you know, it's a lot of this. It's like the same old, same old, which is the, it's the problem. Look, at the end of the day, last week, I didn't pick them to win this game when Will was on the show with us. I know you did. I know Will did it. I thought the game would be way more competitive. And to, to give them like a tiny bit of credit here, like the defense did show up in the first half. But like, is that the bar that we want to set for our football team? No. I want this team to be in until the final whistle, like losing a last second field goal. Like don't be like the game was basically over midway to the third quarter when they couldn't sustain a drive. And then Baltimore actually like woke up a little bit. Like I, I could give the corners credit. Like I thought sauce looked good. Obviously I was at the game for anyone um, who, who didn't know. And I thought DJ Reed obviously was awesome. And, you know, prayers to his family because man, I, you know, it's, it's so easier said than done to just be like oh yeah I could just play when something like that happens like his father passing away and he finds out literally during the national anthem the game and he had the game of his life like he Mm -hmm. was great so prayers to him and you know hope everything's good with his family and everything like that but like no pass rush for the most part they were getting in the backfield but missing Lamar which kind of expect a little bit um Great against the run. That was, you know, a, a good sign because last year they got cooked against the run pretty much any against any team that had decent offensive line or a good running back. So it's definitely progress there. But at the end of the day, it's one game. And they also were playing against a wash Kenyon drink and a wash uh, Mike Davis. So it's like, you know, whatever. But and they're also playing against a, a third string left tackle because um, Juwan James did get hurt in the middle of the game, which I thought would lead to a little more pressure and some sex. But like offensively it was just the same stuff that we saw last year you know penalties uh drop balls by Corey Davis which honestly it's like are you like stop giving him the ball give it to Garrett Wilson you know misusage of players like we were like we were like banging on the table for Cager to make this roster based on his preseason why is he playing over (laughs) CJ Uzama like Conklin got stabbed but he was bad I know he caught Mm -hmm. a touchdown but like the game was over and like it's like the most garbage touchdown ever but it's like Garrett Wilson should be playing more. CJ Uzama should be playing more. Um, you know, my biggest gripe also was, and I said this before the show is, and everyone's going to be like, oh, well, it's like hindsight's 2020. I was thinking this in the second quarter. Why did LaFleur abandon the run the way he did? Like, yeah. I'm not saying like, you know, just run every play, but the weather was terrible. It was raining horribly. I was sitting in there getting drenched and Michael Carter was good. He was the best player on the field for the Jets probably on Sunday. Like, I know he dropped a touchdown, but like the game was already over. Like I get it, whatever. It's just frustrating. It's like, you know, everything's painful at that point. But LaFleur is really the guy that I blame a lot about the loss. I mean, I like him. He was, he's actually the one person on the staff that I truly believe in. I mean, I guess Brant Boyer, but given how bad the punter and kicker are, it's like, you got to start thinking maybe he's not so good, but I know that's more their ability than anything else. You know, he can't control what's happening with their legs. Um, But yeah, man, it's just, it's just frustrating. I don't want to rip him anymore. I, I was very negative on Twitter and people going at me and I'm just like, I get it. You know, we, we talk, we have this platform, you know, we interact with people on Twitter, we write, but it, I, I'm not just giving them the benefit of the doubt. Like yeah. I, one of my friends would actually, I'm, I appreciate him saying this, but like, I remember we, we were like all hyped that they like dominated the Falcons and in uh, joint practices and he was like kind of giving me crap about it yesterday he's like yo he's like you're like the the, the hype what hype man I'm like yeah like I want to gas them up a little bit I want you know people who follow us and the brand as a whole to get excited because with well, the Jets are good it's going to be more fun for us but like when it comes to keeping it real about this team I'm not going to just sit here and sip the Kool-Aid I'm going to tell you how it is and mm-hmm. I was I, I left that stadium you know about with about 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter pretty concerned about some of the things I saw and like I, I like Salah but we talked about this off air right now he's basically Adam Gase with good PR because he's mm-hmm. a good guy and, you know he's got like the mantra but like 
He's done nothing more than Adam Gase. So it's like, you know, a little concerned. We got to see yeah. how they respond after a tough loss. Week one usually isn't everything, yeah, but not a good start to say the least. Yeah, and, and I agree with you wholeheartedly on the negativity. I, I you know, I'm not trying I don't to be, be negative. Like that. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to be either. And I would call it, you know, uh, Joe C calls it pragmatic. I, I call it just objective. And that's that's what I'm trying to be and what I'm aiming to be. I'm just saying that. And I get for the for the it's only one week crowd. Like I understand. I believe me. I get that. And I'm not like hitting the panic button about one week either. I get it. The Jets could come out next week uh, against Cleveland and smoke them. And I'm I'm not wavering. I'm not off the bandwagon. Like I'm going to cheer and root like hell and I'll be happy as hell next week when we record the show if they come out and blow Cleveland out. I guess all I'm saying is I'm just, I'm done after a loss like this, looking for those little silver linings and those little uh, glimmers of hope and positivity that I can point to to say, well, if this happened, then maybe it went differently. Or if this happened, then maybe this, th- this would have happened. But I'm just done with that because it's proven time and time again that that stuff's not happening consistently. And the Jets are a non-competitive team consistently, year in, year out, game in, game out. And it's just frustrating. So with everything that this game could have been, with all the emotion and the excitement from the fan base and and this game on this day at home with everything there and they come out and lose 24 to nine and Baltimore really was 24 to three. That exactly. To have it be non-competitive midway through the third quarter again, which is every single Jets fans worst fear. It just tore me down. I get it. I'm, you know, maybe I sound like a panic button guy, but I'm really not. I'm just done with the, uh, without having a leg to stand on and just being blindly and wildly optimistic really for, for, for no reason at all here. Yeah. And listen, it, you're a fan, short for fanatic. It's like, <laughs> you're, you want to be passionate. You want to get excited. And I get that. And like football, you know, you only get 17 games. It used to be 16. They, I don't know if 17 is actually a better thing when you're a Jets fan because it's just so frustrating <laughs> every week. But like, you know, you wait seven months. Like you said this before, it's like, can we get like some fun? Like can we get some touchdowns? Yeah, can we get some close games and feel that adrenaline, you know, the last five minutes of the game, like in the witching hour when other teams, you know, where wins become losses, loss become wins. Can like we be the team that steals the game? Like it's just 2015. That was the last time we actually felt yeah. like a semblance of like, okay, the Jets can really beat any team that they play. And then obviously it ended pretty poorly on week 17, which is probably one of the lowest points it fell as a Jets fan because like Fitz just imploded and it was hard, but yeah, they haven't done really done anything since it's just no. been a downward spiral. And even the seven and nine year, which we're going to get to because of the solid comments, it's like they're one and seven. The season was still over. Like, yep. I know they went six and two down the stretch, but at the end of the day, it's, it doesn't matter because they were never in it. It was just like a tease. And then, we all knew it. Like you're like, you could obviously play devil's advocate with Adam Gase for all the people who hated him after one year. Like he still won seven games. I'm like, when you look at it in a vacuum, it's like, yeah, seven games. But then when you actually think about it game by game, playing bad teams, bad quarterbacks, just some luck. Like they shouldn't have won that Dolphins game with that, you know, when pass interference yeah. was able to be like reviewed, which if in today's NFL, they would have lost. So yeah. it's just come on, man. Like we deserve better. I know that everyone's just like, you know what? It's the, it's the jets. It starts at the top and it does. I blame a lot 100%. of this on Woody Johnson. I'm not, yeah. but like, I want everyone to just be critical. Don't, don't just like feed the propaganda that you want. Like I, I, I know like we're going to kind of steal a point from Joe here, but it's like, okay. Like the longer they hold out Zach Wilson, it's longer. They build an excuse. Yes. Of, oh, this is like, you know, like we didn't have Zach for seven games or whatever. Like, no, like co- coming out of the season, not knowing what Zach Wilson is, is the worst scenario because then we're sitting exactly where we are right now, a year from now, because mm-hmm. it's only going to be one game in <clears throat> and we still don't know. Yeah. So it's like, pl- he needs to play. He needs to be bad. He needs to be good. And then we figure it out from there because if this roster that we all think on paper is as good as it is, then, you know, sign Jimmy Garoppolo and then draft a quarterback because then yeah. you at least, you know, you're building something and these young players who actually are talented can develop more. And then eventually you you pull like a Seahawks, uh, uh, not a Seahawks, a Broncos and trade for a franchise quarterback or draft yeah. one. Yep. Sorry, that, that's just like, no, I, that's all I need to know. I you know. I, I get it, man. I'm just like, honestly, I, I think I said it last year. I'm just, I'm asking to get off my couch with excitement. 
Yes. Give me a reason to jump up and give, give me a the fist Titans bump. game like ten me, times instead of once. I, I, I sat there and I watched the Jets game, and then you look around and you look at the Bengals game, and Joe Burrow throws four interceptions, but they still take that to overtime. They still have a won. chance. They still should have <laughs> won. You look at the Lions, who gave the Eagles a fight. They were down big, but they came back and they gave them a fight. And that's an Eagles team that is, you know, maybe a, a, a favorite to come out of the NFC. Like you look around at all these competitive games, and the Jets again are still just stuck in their own way, producing three points with. Joe Flacco. It just makes me crazy. And like, yes, Steven, to your point, going a different direction here, it starts at the top, but you know what? Woody Johnson took over this team in 2000 for 10, 11 years. That was a good part of the glory years for most Jets fans that are our age. Yes. Right. 97 to 2010 was a great run for the Jets. That was 14 years. I want to say they were either playoffs or a winning in game in like 10 out of those 14 seasons. They made the playoffs six or seven times. Like they were better. They were good more often than they were bad. And typically like, the bad years because the quarterback got hurt like the exactly. first game of the season, Thank which you. is like very understandable for why you're not contending. So Woody Johnson could figure it out then in the first 11 years of his ownership. Somewhere after that, it went completely off the rails and downhill. There's no reason to think that this is going to get any better until we see it. And I guess that's just my the moral of my story here, but we can go on to different things, man. We don't need, like you said, we don't need to beat a dead horse anymore, but yeah, it's just, I mean, it, it I, was, it I, felt different. I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I couldn't just chalk this up to new regime, new quarterback, all this stuff. No, it wasn't like last year. It's year last year, the opener, they put up a fight, right? Got down early, but they came back. They put up a fight. At least it gave you something to, to, to be a little bit excited about something to hang your hat on. This left you with nothing, yeah. nothing to hang your hat on. You are yeah. searching way too far to find something to find some little uh silver lining to say you know what this gives me optimism that this is going to turn like at least like if you're going to lose and like kind of make me feel like crap like like be up 21 10 in the fourth quarter and blow the game at least like you were winning i know i'm fine with you scored 21 points like Like the bar is so low and i I know it win games it's like i i hate to be this guy i really i hate the guy that i am right now i don't want to be like that but I literally it's, it's, smelled this two weeks ago and you like what I got off. I was like, busting dude. your I was busting your balls for two episodes because you were negative. And now look at me and I've taken it. I'm sorry. But, <laughs> it's fine. Uh, you don't well, let's you. we'll get into <laughs> to, to more about the game. I mean, yeah. honestly, like we'll try to remain objective and, and stop being negative. But biggest takeaways, like good or bad, biggest reasons for, for optimism, biggest causes for concern as we move forward to the rest of the season, but especially uh, week two at Cleveland. Yeah. OK, so. Optimism, kind of touching this a little bit. The young, the corners look good. That was a huge problem last year. You know, when you look at the advanced metrics, PFF, they both graded out pretty well. I mean, Sauce had one of the most impressive plays I've ever seen for a Jets rookie in a while with that plan. Andrews, like that was awesome. DJ Reed, obviously, great game. He, you know, he had the, that incredible interception when, even though the game was pretty much over, but still was like impressive nonetheless. And he's also coming off an injury, so it's good that he looks good. Um, I thought the defensive line was active, but, you know, they only had what they have one sack. I remember it was JJ. So that was good. And I, I tweeted this. I'm like, at least JJ is already better than Vernon Colston from a Jets <laughs> He is. Vernon very, never had a, a sack and JJ has half a sack. Yes. So that's, and we can't get, it, it's only going to go up from there. Is, uh, Carl- is it, can I, can I just, I uh, want to ask you about the defensive line. Like, is it fair to say that that they looked good and that we were impressed, but it just wasn't good enough, especially considering the Ravens offensive line and the injuries to it? Yes, but I think partially it's because Lamar's so elusive and I know all, like every team has trouble with that. So let's see, like Jacoby Brissett's like athletic this week. So, but like he can't move around like Lamar, like they can yeah. actually, you know, nobody moves him. like Lamar. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So oh, like Josh Allen too, but like, I just I, I, I was encouraged in like the advanced metrics on Quentin Williams were like amazing. He was one of like the best like interior defensive linemen according to PFF. He had that one pass deflection, but honestly, I didn't hear his name or see anything. Yeah. That was the one thing. But isn't isn't PFF also the ones that said like Joe Flacco was graded higher than Patrick Mahomes or something? Like no, right? no, 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 that's not what they <laughs> said. No, I know what you're talking about. See, like, PFF Patrick, grades, man. I don't know. No, no, no. He was Patrick Mahomes was seven. Okay. But it was like James seven. was ahead of him. I mean, Herbert was, which is fine. Josh Through five was, TDs and he was bro, seven. Mahomes was like insane. Yeah. I know obviously I have some invested interest in my <laughs> fantasy team, but my God. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, he doesn't have Tyreek Hill. No, that was I... money. He's insane. But um, <laughs> causes for concern. 
I don't want to, I don't want to sound the alarms, but LaFleur, to be honest with you, I, I think he got a little too pass happy given his quarterback situation. And like the rain was bad. Your, your running backs are running the ball better. Run the ball, like protect the football. Your offensive line is not doing a good job with pass blocking. Um, I guess kind of building off that a little bit, Lincoln Tomlinson was pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Not, not the the best start for someone that we had high expectations for. I think he'll figure it out, but I will say his strength is definitely in the run game. Um, also, honorable mention, Max Mitchell, guy that probably was not expected to play at all this year, held his own pretty good. I know he gave up a couple pressures, but, you know, he didn't look overmatched. He wasn't getting beat constantly by their defensive line. Obviously, this week will be a bigger test when he's playing against guys like Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney, but you know, for a fourth round rookie making his first career start in his first NFL game, you can't really be upset with what he did. Um, I'm going to pass over you. What, you know, what's the optimistic part for you and where's your concern lie? Um, The optimism is I think that the young uh, playmakers looked good. I'll loop in Michael, even second year guys, but um, Sauce Gardner obviously looked the part, looks every bit the number one corner and number four, how the number four overall pick should look. I think he there's did. obviously optimism there, which is, which is great. And he was um, calling Joyner out on that play that was abs- a miscommunication that caused touchdown. That's absolutely. what you want. Like it's a, it's, yes. a, it's a mixed bag because it's like, why is Joyner not doing his assignment? Yep. Sauce knowing that means uh, whenever we get the real safety, yeah. we'll be good to go. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> I think Michael Carter and Brees Hall looked good. Obviously the Michael Carter dropped the Brees Hall fumble were not good but everything else aside I thought they both looked good I thought it was interesting uh, not interesting but I uh, Michael Carter looked really good and he looked yes. like you said he was the best player on the offense and now you can kind of see why you know they're saying running back one I still think that kind of transitions as the transitions as the year goes on but we'll see right now it's, it's a nice one-two punch Brees Hall hang on to the ball Michael Carter catch the ball Garrett Wilson obviously looked good there's no reason that he shouldn't be getting touches over over Corey Davis now Corey Davis like <sighs> catch a ball, man. Like, and and catch a ball when it matters. Like it's, he makes plays in garbage time when the pressure's not on, but when the pressure is, it's just not there. Like that third down conversion was huge, huge. And he dropped it yet again. The same story from last season. Like I'm a believer in Corey. I I like him. him I like, I like his size. I like his speed. I like his talent. I like everything about him, but catch a freaking ball. None of it matters if you don't catch a ball. Um, And I thought Elijah Moore looked good. Honestly, I thought it was a little, I don't know if you saw this uh, being at the game, but I felt like I could sense Elijah Moore's frustration. The push off late and garbage time in the end zone, like it, it, it felt like he was frustrated. He did it earlier in the game too. He lucked out because there was a defensive penalty on that same play, but he pushed off blatantly. And you could just kind of, I don't know, maybe it's me looking too far into it, but you could tell that Elijah Moore is a little bit frustrated, but get some of those manufactured touches to Elijah, to Garrett Wilson, like get that stuff going because those are your playmakers, get your best playmakers on the field and figure out how to get on the ball. Um, on a cause for concern, really LaMarcus Joyner for, for me, yeah, honestly, man, like the blown who could, who coverage, you could have seen this coming, right? And that's, that's what bothers me is there's yep. really no other option here. You're either dropping to, you know, Ashton Davis, who we know what it's like, or an unproven, you know, undrafted rookie in, in Tony Adams, but hell give the kid a shot. At least you don't know, but LaMarcus Joyner, I think there was some discourse, especially on the TOJ slack on who's uh, whose fault that was. I, I think Will came in and kind of said it was whitehead, but I'm not really sure either way. I think the bigger play, was that LaMarcus Joyner pass interference? Because honestly, that ball was overthrown by 10 yards. Sauce was already locked running one for one with them, one stride for stride with them with no problem. And Joyner just comes out of nowhere and bumps him for no reason at all, just because it seemed like he got lost in the back end. And what happens? Next play, Bryce Hall covering Devin DuVernay, touchdown, right sideline. Like, it, the, the, the stuff that happened in this game to drive me nuts, man, it was, <laughs> I don't even know what to That's say. Life about is it. a Jets fan. It is the, you know, I'll, and I'll kind of go another route here uh, aside from my, you know, the, the, the negative, well, not aside from, but furthering my negativity here, the biggest plays in the game, the, the Corey Davis drop, which I already spoke about the Tyler Conklin fumble, which just completely deflated that drive. And they could have scored, they could have scored six there. The joiner uh, pass interference was was absolutely huge. And then the Brees all fumble. So four things that just 
you know, typical Jets fashion that just can't happen if you want to win games. We've said it time and time again. The Jets they're not just, good enough. They're, they're not good not enough, good to, enough to overcome things. this stuff. They're not good enough to overcome stuff like that. They're not over, good enough to overcome 20 yard punts and miss field goals for your, from your supposed, you know, uh, improvement and, and upgrade at kicker. Like get Eddie Pinheiro back because he was automatic from 45 and in. Like, I'm just. <laughs> You can tell, man. I, it really, it just wasn't a good day on Sunday. Um, That's it. So hopefully so, they can Rex Ryan bury the ball, wipe the slate clean, start fresh on Sunday at Cleveland. But man, it, it was not pretty on Sunday. Yeah, I, I'll give Greg some like I'll give him some leash. I'm gonna say some leg, but um, he has a proven track record of being a good NFL kicker. Whereas Braden Man, there's zero evidence of him being a competent NFL punter. All he could do is tackle. He sucks. Like I know they just signed somebody from the Chargers who's also apparently pretty bad, but like. You had a good punter on your roster last year in Thomas Morstead. He's on another team because everyone's like, oh, we just thought he was old. Why did they let him go? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He was way better than Braden Man has ever been. Braden Man is awful. And anyone who's going to be in my mentions about it, I'm tired of it. Like, what are you watching? Like, seriously, they're like, oh, the, the conditions. I'm like, it's not just yes, it's not just Sunday. It's the whole two years. He's trash. Freaking Matt Evandola in that Carolina game last year when he filled in for the injured man was better than him. I'm like, honestly, you should have just kept him if they weren't. If they were like, they like gonna cut worse than anyway. It's just like, oh man. Um, I want to touch on Mike White real quick because there's just this annoying <laughs> discourse about that. Stop it. Like, I get it. We don't want to watch Joe Flacco play. I don't want to watch Mike White play either. Struggling would be the only one that I'm like, if you're really gonna make a change, do that because at least he's what LaFleur wants at a quarterback because he has the ability to be out of the pocket. But like, guys, the Cincinnati Bengal game last year it was the biggest fluke ever. Like, I don't need, I don't know what else you need to know. I get it. He threw that touchdown in the Colts game. They just got their asses beat in that game. Like, congratulations. He threw one touchdown that game, then he got hurt. And then he was awful against the Bills. Like, he's not a starting quarterback. And, like, I don't care. Like, Joe Blacko's bad, but at least, like, he has a resume. Like, I get it. And you're not, it's not an upgrade. I said this earlier. I'm like, even if Mike White is 5 to 10% better, does it really matter? It's a bad situation anyway. Mike White's going to make some bad throws. He had three interceptions in the game against the Bengals, and he had four interceptions against the Bills. Like, what are you like? What are you guys, like, thinking here? Like, congratulations. He got lucky that the rest of the team really showed up in that Bengals game, and he, was a, he obviously just did those quick throws. Sorry, I don't want to hear it anymore. We need Zach back. Nothing really matters yeah. until he comes back. I mean, like, steal the game, but do it because you're running in your defense, not because of the quarterback, because at this yeah. point, the quarterback is a corpse. Or just a guy who's not good. So I don't know what else to say. Yeah. Honestly, no, I, I fully agree with you that I don't think um I don't think there's an upgrade from Flag no. White. I was a um I didn't think that the drop off from Zach Wilson to Flacco would be as wide as it has proven to be. Flacco didn't look good on Sunday. There's there's no question. I think the stats obviously look much better when you look back on it than it actually was for anyone who watched that game. I think he was rattled early and often. His feet looked like they were uh, locked in cement. Um, he looked every bit the 37-year-old that he is and just looked like he he didn't he have it. He like he cares. Yeah. And honestly, like Jay man, Cutler the, body language. Yeah. It, it wasn't good. And the, you know, the pick, I know that Cager fell, but it was a bad pass. There were three defenders right there anyways. Um, it just, it wasn't good. He was rattled early and often. He, he was looking to escape when stuff wasn't there. Um, he missed checkdowns. Uh, he was too quick to hit the check down. Like it just wasn't, it wasn't a good performance. I think even if you switched to Mike White, we wouldn't see anything different. If I'm going to make a play for, <laughs> for anyone, it'd be Josh Johnson. Like, go out and at least he brings something different to the offense or start Strebler. Like, really, that's obviously not going to happen, but we're going to ride with Flacco until whenever Zach gets back. Maybe there's a surprise and he comes back week three instead of week four. I feel like um, that's, that's more realistic than people think because he's yeah. not on IR. 
I'd imagine that next week he's probably going to practice in full it's, and then they're going to make just, an evaluation because he yeah. is doing stuff this week. I know it's more like individual stuff and throwing against air, but it's progress. So, yeah. man, we need him I, back because this is just I unwatchable know. at quarterback right now. It sucks. It is. But I don't think that Fla- I don't think that White brings anything to the table that Flacco doesn't already. Slightly like, more mobile, but like not even oh, really. Not yeah, not at all. So it's just same immobile check down guy. He's not going to bring anything to the table that Flacco doesn't already do. So let's transition a little bit. I know that you kind of alluded to it in in the couple previous episodes here. I know you're. I don't want to say you're souring on Robert Sala, but you're starting to see some chinks in the armor. I think if you were seeing that your vision and view of him probably isn't improving. So let's talk about Robert Sala, the post-game pressure, interview on Michael K. show. I mean, what are your thoughts overall on, on, on Robert Sala? So Sala, if you're, if you're listening to this, if you see this, keep this as a receipt. I don't care. I'm, like if you actually like talk about this, you know, in six months from now, because I'm wrong, that means, you know, you actually care about me. So that's great. I am rooting for you. I, I like you. I think that you, you know, you, you look the part a lot of the times, but if I'm being honest with you, man, we had a damn football game. Stop with these stupid comments. Like you're putting yourself in a hole, man. Like I get it. The pressers really don't mean anything. You don't need to make yourself look stupid. You don't need to put unnecessary pressure on you that there, cause there's already enough of it right now. You just like, stop with the excuses, man. Just talk, say, just admit that your team wasn't good. They were not good enough for that because apparently, you know, they didn't, they didn't uh, get beat yesterday. They lost. No, you got beat and you lost. So I don't want to hear that. Secondly, the whole thing that you said on the Michael K show about the roster that Joe Douglas inherited, you know, I guess in 2019, when he got here, newsflash, that team has more wins than the Jets have had the last two years combined. So that was a stupid comment. I get it. The roster was bad, but you know what? That's the thing, only thing that's keeping Joe Douglas's record from being better, not as bad as it really is. So don't say that. I think that's stupid. Um, the receipts thing I don't care as much about, but like, just, just focus on football, man. And Keyshawn said it today, coach the damn team. Could not agree more. I hope I'm wrong. I will gladly eat my words, gladly. But like, you know, running up the stairs and, you know, all positive vibes only, all gas, no break. If you don't win games, all that stuff is stupid and you look like Joe Judge. I'll pass it to you. That was very nice. <laughs> I, I like that. I'm uh I'm a little bit uh I have a little bit of a different view than you. Honestly, the receipts comment I actually like. I it's like not the, bad. That one's like the no, least of I, it, I think. I like the fire, I like the belief that he has. I I, I believe that he believes, right? But I also think it's time to win, and that's it. And it, that's it's, all it's that just, matters. It's it's put up or shut up. Um, so I like him having the receipts comment. I really do. I, I hope it, that he can take that mentality and 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 get it from this team as well, and come out and just smoke Cleveland. But again, until we actually see it, you know, I'm not I'm not going to believe it until it actually happens. Um, the I thought he was led into the uh, roster comment that you know being an expansion team, but. I don't really have a problem with him saying that either because he's just being honest at, at the same time. You can't though, be honest as a head coach. You, have I, to lie. you know what though? I, I appreciate that about him though. I think he's honest. I think he wears his emotions on his sleeve and I, I can appreciate that. But here's, I think what I don't like about it is that I feel like he's kind of building in another excuse with that comment. And that's what Correct. I don't like. That's what and I don't want either. So that's, that's also it, the issue. It goes hand in hand with how long they hold out Zach Wilson and building another excuse in as to why they weren't competitive in September and why this season is a wash and why we need to, you know, make the bases off of 2023 and all that stuff. That's what I, I don't like, but the other comments, I don't mind, but again, it just comes down to exactly like you said, running the stairs, 60%, all gas, no break. Nothing matters until you win. And honestly, man, I'm not even asking you to win. I'm just asking you to be competitive. No, I'm asking it. you to win. I'm don't asking come you to beat the Cleveland Browns. I'm asking you to beat the Cleveland Browns. I, I agree because, I, yes, for next week, yeah. But I'm saying most of the time in your career here as a New York Jets head coach, I've just asked you to be competitive. That's it. That's all I asked of you last week. Now you're in a, a, a must-win situation really in week two. So – I still believe in Robert Sala. I'm not the guy that he's taking, you know, taking receipts of because I'm not jumping off the bandwagon. I'm not jumping, I'm not off, jumping the off the boat. Whatever. Not, neither of us are. 
I'm just saying it's put up or shut up time because I'm tired of the talk. We need to actually see it. Yeah, like I, I think that that comment was more towards the media, not the fans, which yes. is fine, which is why like I made the joke. Like, you know, if you want to like put this in my face in six months, sure. But the fans have a right to be frustrated. You know, we go, we paid it for the games. We pay for the merchandise, which I got to stop by. I mean, I, I said last week my whole spiel about not getting jerseys unless they sign a contract extension. I stand by that. I wanted Elijah Moore jersey, but I'm not buying it until I know he's actually going to be on this team for the long haul. Um, but it's like, at the end of the day, man, like, it doesn't matter what you say. It's what you do. It's what you show. It's the fight that your team believes. I know, I do like you. I, I think that the, the locker room, like, loves playing for you. But if they really love playing for you the way that we all perceive, like, that relationship, they wouldn't get their doors blown off and they wouldn't look uncompetitive at times. Like, like Bill Belichick seems like the most, like, you know, vanilla, like, not like a rah-rah guy. Do his teams ever really look that unprepared? I know they didn't play well this past week, but I think it's more of a roster issue and, and him being a little bit arrogant with the offensive coordinator stuff. Yeah. But like those teams always were prepared. They never got their doors blown off. And it did maybe like once every three years. So my point is, is like, I want to be wrong. I want you to succeed. I, I am not off the bandwagon. I'm giving you the, yeah, I'm giving you time, but you know, the patience is going to, is going to be very, very thin you know, if we start 0-2, losing to Jacoby Brissett. I know the Browns have a better team than the Jets, but from a rock, from a quarterback standpoint, it's pretty much even to me. Yeah. I mean, Joe Flacco has a much better, you know, NFL resume than Jacoby Brissett. I know he's old and I know he's slow, at least Brissett can move around, but, like, he's bad against the Panthers. Like, I would, he basically had that one drive to really get them in position to win the game. Yep. And other than that, he was bad. Look at the, yeah. look at the statistics, you know, he didn't, he just wasn't good. So it's like, just, you know, we're going to talk more, a little bit more about the game, I guess now, but like, I just want, I just want this team to have some heart. Yeah. They lack it sometimes. And that's the issue that I have. It's like, don't like have to say like, you, like the defense played well for a half. It's a, it's a game of four <laughs> quarters. It doesn't matter if you have a good half. Every, like every squirrel can find the nut. Like, it's like, come on. Like it's the NFL. Like we, little victories are stupid. Like, come on. Well said. Let's turn our attention to Cleveland. <laughs> go ahead. So what are you thinking for this week as the Jets go to Cleveland to face Jacoby Brissett and the 1-0 Cleveland Browns? Well, should I say what I think or should I say what I want? I can do both. I can <laughs> I you give your honest-to-goodness uh, feeling as to what's okay. going to happen on Sunday and what are the keys of the game. Okay. I think it'll be better for sure. I think defensively, I think you'll see a consistent performance because thankfully I don't think anybody really got hurt. I know JFM got a little bit banged up, which I actually didn't know until I got home because we had walked out of the stadium when that had happened. Um, I think the good thing for the Jets is, you know, the corners look good. Cleveland doesn't have great receivers. I know Mark Cooper's there. He's not exactly the same guy he was, you know, with the Raiders and his early Dallas tenure. And then you get Donovan Peoples-Jones and David Njoku. It's not really like this scary receiving group that you're going to see with the Bengals in week three. Um, so I, I think that they do have the ability with the exception of Joyner to really be productive in the, you know, in the back end. Um, their offensive line is pretty good, but I, I'm not sure if there's any injuries there. So I have, I have to look back, but I think the defensive line should be able to get some pressure. Um, I think, you know, the Jets should be able to run the ball. I think that Lake Tomlinson should be able to hold his own against those guys. Um, I, I, it's to me, keep the ball out of Flacco's hands as much as you can. Control the line of scrimmage is really what I want to see because that's the way the Browns are playing with Nick Chubb. Like, kind of be a carbon copy of what they do. Grab the pound, two-headed monster, throw the ball when you need to, and get some turnovers. This team is allergic to turnovers. Like, four guys on that fumble play. Not one jet could fall on it. Of course, the guy in the Ravens falls on it. And then Bateman cooks us for a 50-yard touchdown. It's just like, get those little bounces, man. You can't afford to not have them. As far as uh, predictions, I don't want to regret this, but I'm going to pick the Jets to win. I am. <laughs> do, I feel, do I feel confident about it? Absolutely not. Do I want to speak this into existence? Yes. I think it'll be a close game because I think both quarterbacks are going to make mistakes. I'm going to say 21-17 Jets. That's what I think. Wow. 
<laughs> All right. Tables have turned. And I'll say um, Garrett Wilson catches his first touchdown in the NFL as a Jet. I love it. I, I love it. All right. Great. Um, I agree with you on a lot of things. I think the really the, the, the keys to this game are, are Joe Flacco and the Browns defensive line versus the Jets offensive line. If the Jets offensive line plays the way they did against Baltimore, we have no shot at all. Um, yep. the Browns D line is, is scary. Miles Garrett is scary. Mm-hmm. Um, if he can eat like he's proven to, like he did against the Jets the last time that they played in uh, what week basically two, killed Trevor Simeon. Trevor Simeon yeah. was like his leg was destroyed. Yeah, then the Jets have no chance. Um, I think that the Jets defense has a good chance to look and continue um, to look good the way they did against the Ravens in week one. Uh, Jacoby Brissett doesn't scare me. Uh, the receivers don't scare me. I think what does is obviously the running game. But, um, you know, what the Jets showed last week in being able to contain the run and stop Lamar Jackson, albeit with, you know, coupled with the subpar backfield with Kenyon Drake and Mike Davis. That's the thing. You're going to go it's against still, Punt and Chuck again, versus those but it, guys. But, but keeping Lamar Jackson contained the way they did, it's still a relatively impressive performance. Um, I'm not really scared of the receivers or, or anybody on the back end, but I think this game comes down to can the Jets offense score points. And at the end of the day, I well, don't that's, have that's every week. I don't have any, <laughs> I don't have any trust that they can. Um, so really the, the tables are really going to turn here is you're going to pick them to win. I'm going to pick them to lose. I think they lose final score is 23, 13 Browns. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm mostly picking them because I just like want them to win so bad. So I just, because like the difference between one and one and zero oh and two with the with the teams that they're playing, it's it's huge. Yeah, it's, it's it a must win game. This if like the course and the trajectory of this season changes so much depending on how this game goes. Think about think about if, the times the past few years where like they some one game early on changes everything. Like yes. if they win that Bills game in Week One of two thousand nineteen. They're eight and eight. They're not. They're they're yeah. five hundred team. Maybe if, Adam Gase is still the coach here. Oh Who knows? God, I hope not. But like, there's just so many different things. There's there's a lot of things you can point to in Jets history. I mean, they. You know, I remember uh, what was it? 2014. It was Geno's second year where they were up 21 nothing on Green Bay, and they were already one and zero. And they, they lost seven. Out, so. They lost seven in a row. But you, who knows? They hold on to that lead. Who knows how the course of that season changes? There's a lot of things you can point to like that. But the the look of this team, zero two, coming back home to face a Bengals team who who knows what they look like after next week, uh, versus they come out and they beat the Browns. Say they blow the doors off the Browns, and you're coming back home to play a Bengals team that you beat last year. Even just that conversation and that, how that's much why that, I have no confidence because they, that, they beat them last year. Yeah, no, I, I know it, but that's but I'm just saying if like the difference in the feeling that you would have if you're one and one coming back home to a Bengals team that you already beat last season at home, that's a it's a very different feeling than coming home 0 and two facing the former Super Bowl uh representatives from the AFC. Yeah, yeah, and somebody put this in the comments just now. It's like it imagine just being winless when Zach comes back. We can't do that. No, because then he's he's in a loser situation. He's probably gonna stink if that happens. It's like Having that win, getting that monkey off your back, because like if Salah thought this week was hard, if you don't win this, if you lose this week, especially if you get lose by double digits, like you just said, boy, he has he has no idea what's coming. Yep. It's not going to be us who are just like you know fans who you know write and, and talk about the team. It'll be everyone in the po- in the paper, everyone on the fan, everyone on ninety eight seven, everyone on national TV. He will not be like that whole, you know, I'm keeping the receipts thing. Oh boy. That's going to come back in his face if they don't show yeah. up this week. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think just because of their, their fate, the favorable quarterback situation, it's Jacoby Versailles. I do think he's prone to mistakes. He's not a good quarterback. I mean, the dolphins literally lost so many games with him last year. Yeah. I think but- that's going to be a difference. And we have seen Flacco look better. And yeah. I know he hasn't won a game as a jet, which is, but like, you know, if, if he plays the way that he did against the Dolphins last year, this is a much more winnable game because if the, if sure. the defense can hold like they did last week, it's a much different looking game. I think the other thing, it comes. Or some turnovers, get some sacks. That's, that's, that's right there. The biggest thing is the turnover battle. It's so cliche, but honestly, you can't have Conklin Hall fumbles. You can't have stupid Flacco interceptions. And for God's sakes, fall on a fumble. Like, please. They're allergic to turnovers. Like, you got to seize those opportunities. That Baltimore game looks a lot different if they recover that Mike Davis fumble inside the Baltimore 30 
and maybe Joe Flacco gets a touchdown there. Then you're talking 17, 10, as opposed to 17, or as opposed to 24, three. Remember, remember the, it was, uh, it was the Broncos game with Sam Darnold when he hurt his shoulder. Yes. And um, whatever his name is, Pierre, Pierre Desir. Was that? Yes. Who it was? Oh my God. Yes. He had two interceptions, but yes. absolutely got cooked. Yes. It's like literally insane. Pick six. He had a pick too. six in that game. Yeah. But he was so bad, but he it's like, awful. he actually got terrible. Awful. That was such a weird game. So weird. I can't. Yeah, that was like I, I remember that was like the that, start of me rooting for them to lose because there were some reports coming out of there that if they lost to the Broncos with their third string quarterback on Thursday night, that they were going to fire Gase. And I was like, yes, lose, yeah, do it. And I they was, lost and Gase was still there. And that's it. Dude, that was that was the moment that was I was concerned, obviously, after the first three weeks, I guess it was. um they played the Bills. They played the Niners. and got absolutely walloped at home. They got and walloped they played Indianapolis. Um, yeah. And then they played that game. And after that game, I'm like, if Sam Darnold can't be Brett Rippin at home on a short Brett week. Rippin. Who has never, see hasn't played Brett a game Rippin. since. I'm like, this guy can't be our quarterback anymore. Mm-hmm. That was the moment. That was like, that was, that was when I gave up on him. I mean, I yep. was getting skeptical after yep. the first three weeks because he was just not good. Was terrible. But yeah, that was that was when I started to root for losses too, because I'm just like, let's get Trevor Lawrence, which yeah. we don't have, which is great. But um, I want to I want to just go back to like another like thing with teams that are finding ways to win. Like Justin Fields wasn't good for the Bears no. this past weekend, but they played well as a team. Like they figured yeah. it out. Like he wasn't good. It was eight to seventeen in the modern NFL. It's horrible. I know the I know the obviously the weather was bad, but like Joe Flacco still completed like thirty passes in the in the bad weather. You know. I know. Um, any closing thoughts? You know, before we uh, no, embark I just, on this wild ride. I, sa- I, I said it all. I think uh, I always say no, and then I give more thoughts. But no, I, I, <laughs> I don't want to be negative, man. I hope they prove me wrong. Um, and honestly, like, I'm not even – again, I'm still hopeful. I think – there's a, I think there's a possibility they turn this around. I think there's a, there's definitely a possibility they come out I mean, listen. and they, they go, you know, seven and 10 or eight and nine or nine and eight, even like, like I predicted, I'm just, I'm tired of, investing so much in them and giving them so much belief with nothing in return and literally nothing, no reason for me to, to viably think that or feel that way. And that's just where I'm at. I mean, and how'd you like my fever pitch reference? That was really good. Right. That was it. My dad will appreciate that. That's one of his favorite movies, but <laughs> it's, the only thing I hate about it is about the Red movie. Sox. Who I, I know, hate. but you know what? Like that's, you know, that's a, it's a great movie. Jimmy Fallon, Drew Barrymore. Come on. That's not Yankee dancing. That's devil Ray dancing. That's a great movie. <laughs> great movie for all you listeners. Watch fever pitch when you can, because it's a fantastic movie. It's just funny because he's, I'm pretty sure he's a Yankee fan in real life. Probably <laughs> is. But, you know, I mean, I think it was a Fairly Brothers movie. Like they're from, I think they're from Rhode Island. So every, uh, every movie they have, and I lived in Rhode Island for four years. So I, it's kind of, it's kind of neat, but every movie <laughs> they have, they have some, uh, some setting in Rhode Island, but it's pretty cool. But sorry, <laughs> Stephen, go ahead. I digress. No, 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 you're all good. I mean, look, I don't want to have to be negative. I want to be excited. I want to be talking about a win, about the improvements and the growth and everything with the young roster. But like, show it to me stop stop telling me it's coming it's coming like ever like I was saying how like you know what if that like started over four I was like that better not I mean we kept saying two and two was what we wanted obviously that was assuming that Zach Wilson was coming back probably for week two which is not the case what I don't want to settle for one and three but like it oh and four is unacceptable if you're on four everything's on the table yeah I'm but, like, if you're going four, what, what's your ceiling for the season? Four wins? Yes. Like, you can't, you know, how many 0-4 teams have done anything of substance? Like five? Like you can't do that. Like that's what, I'm, that's what I'm talking about. Like even just look at the, the next three games against the AFC North. Like this isn't that daunting. So how much, risky. how much does it change if the Jets, if the Jets came out on Sunday and they lost, 24 to 21 in the last second field goal or whatever. Right. And you lose to Lamar and okay. Then you're saying, you know what? Three and one's not out of the realm. They come back and Hey, who knows what could happen. Right. But the difference in how this game played out and how they looked, it just makes you think that this is a completely daunting task. And that one and three is probably the best possible outcome. But in reality, Cleveland's not a good team. And this game is very winnable. That's not true. As a, a, they're not a bad team. they're, They're not a good team. If they had Deshaun Watson, they'd be a contender. But they don't have Deshaun Watson. Mediocre, margin, marginal at best. You, okay. You're going to – come on. Really? 
It's like no, Mark. Sa- they're like literally what the Jets are when they had Mark Sanchez. Like they're not that, that good. They're they're not that good. They went to the playoffs two years and a lot of the same guys. I disagree with you, but okay. Well, we can agree to disagree. But the Bengals game is absolutely winnable, especially considering they're playing at home and after the after the way the Bengals looked on Sunday. And Mitch Trubisky and the Steelers, you're saying the same thing because they did not look good on Sunday either. No, I'm not saying the Jets are going to go 3-1. and I'm just saying that the way that this looks, had the Jets come out and been competitive and shown some heart and some fire and that they belong in the same NFL playing field as the Ravens, the way that you look at these next three games is way different than how we're looking at it now. Yeah, that's fair. It's fair, but listen, win the game. We don't have yeah, to have this conversation please. next week. If they lose the game, we have problems. <laughs> that's, that's just what it comes down to. Uh, two quick things. One, Rex, shut up. Stop yes. ripping Sanchez. Stop ripping Gino. Stupid energy. Literally, Mark Sanchez is is why you even are like talked about. Yes. Is why you have this job that you have on TV. Stop it. I love your ex, but like, come on. Can Go I? Low. I want to add on there because honestly, like everyone loves to rip on Mark Sanchez, but in two playoff runs, he was probably the best offensive player on the field in both of those playoff runs for the Jets. So, like arguable but that's my opinion and and people want to blame mark sanchez especially for that uh that um pittsburgh loss like no, it, it was the mark whole sanchez he was the reason they were in that game so like spare me rex all right i loved you when you were the jets coach but stop saying this stuff just to get like you know just to make headlines like it's ridiculous it's and he's so- he's admitted that him and mark were close mark i think when his son made the clemson football team like you know, Mark uh, secretly like congratulated him and, and no, said him something. No, he got hurt. Thank you. Towards, there yeah, it was. Yeah. Thank you. Like, don't be that guy, Rex. That's it's annoying. Like, that's why you're not a coach anymore. Like, just stop it. And this stuff with Gino, man. Like, really, Cut the guy off. had a great game. Why are we making yeah. this comment? Just like because he, he makes it about him. One of them in Buffalo. So why he makes it about that? him? Yeah. It's so dumb. And then um, the second thing is. Uh, as we, you know, we always tell you every week, please make sure to uh, subscribe to our show on Apple or Spotify reviews, um, ratings. We appreciate all that. It helps the show. Um, also subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash turn of the jets TV. Um, we appreciate all the support. Um, also make sure that you become a Badlands uh, Patreon subscriber, best jets content ever, you know, Joe and Connor do an amazing job. We have that partnership with Profit Exchange. Um, Steven's, you know, weekly first at 10 will be out there. I'll be putting some stuff out there. That stuff will actually be free, but I highly recommend getting uh, the Badlands podcast and the, the future deep dives on the film that Connor will be doing. Um, it's great stuff. And if you're a diehard Jets fan that you're just looking for things to hold on to, that's where you should be going besides listening to the show and Will's show and then draft season, which the guys are probably excited, but if we're talking about the drafts, it means things aren't so good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we appreciate the support. And uh, actually, next week, we will have the newest member of the Jets beat, Antoine Staley from the New York Daily News, DJ's backfill. He will be on the show with us, recapping uh, Jets Browns and previewing Jets Bengals. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in, and we'll talk to you guys next week.